Hey, welcome to Casting Nets. I am uh, a real podcast about real life living faith. I did not know I was doing the introduction, so that's why you caught me off guard. But I am more than happy uh, to open my mouth and uh, get knock the rust off of uh, my podcasting chops as the last uh, a week or so. We had to take some time off so I could knock the rust off my own vehicle as I was working on it on Friday morning. And so I'm sitting here across the way with um, one of my co-hosts, uh, Pastor Will Harley, holding a pen that I am admiring greatly. Is that a 50 caliber? It is. It is a 50 caliber pen, and and uh, I found it over at the Hutterite um, furniture store. And they have some guy who takes the bullets and then uh, kind of makes them into into pens. And it's it's really quite stylish. And my wife was very angry at me because she goes, "What do you need another pen for?" And I said, "I'm a collector of fine pens." And she looked at me and called me a liar. Um, and the reason why uh, you were doing the introduction is because as we were sitting down getting ready to record, you're like, maybe we should turn off the fan Man. in the room. And so how am I supposed to do the introduction and turn off the fan all at the same time? I'm so demanding. He I'm is. So demanding. He's very demanding. He's like, there's too much air movement in the room. And and so, you know, um, when we talk as pastors, sometimes we there's a lot of hot air that floats around. So we just want to keep this right around us. We don't want it to go away because then we'll just manufacture more, I guess. Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, then to take over the introduction just a little bit, um, thank you for, for helping introduce what we're going to be talking about today, um, just in the sense of aggravations and frustrations and um, pretty much daily life. But we are actually responding to um, one of the, an email and comment on our last uh, Bible study uh, that we had done on First Timothy uh, chapter 2. And we had talked and sort of introduced this idea of the roles of men and women. And it was brought to our attention that maybe we didn't do enough to talk about how it bleeds into um men and women and, and, and these callings as they deal with each other in society. And that's really where we, we want to go today. But before we do that, um, we do have a disclaimer, and, and I think it will be proven doubly so today out of all days, um, that this is just the ramblings and the thoughts of two pastors who are, are trying to do our best to, to live our own faith and to talk about these things um, of faith. They're not necessarily the... The opinions of our calling bodies or of the, the the wells, although we will attempt to remain true to them because that is we're pastors of these congregations and and pastors within the fellowship of the wells. But please, if you don't like what we have to say, you can turn us off. You can um, contact us, have a conversation with us. That's really what the point of this is. And, and we're not trying to anger anybody, especially today <clears throat> with this topic that is very, very touchy in society. We're not trying to anger anybody, but we're trying to have the conversation because um, as, our, as one of our wonderful listeners has brought up, it's not being had. And, and so we need to have this conversation. Right. And we're just aggravated just because it, it is a frustrating topic to talk about because the scriptures give us the principles, but the application is oftentimes uh, silent as uh, when it comes to men and women, both in the church, in the home, and also in society. So we wrestle with the scripture, but then also uh, talk it out. There you go. And so uh, let's have some intro music and jump on into this topic of men and women and how do we apply this principle of our callings in society. Well, Dave, I think we uh, what, before we can even approach this topic, we need to really uh, kind of settle ourselves on on the problem um, and and maybe the principle that we are dealing with. Um, 
I know we you have you have paperwork printed out and everything is set before you. I got some stuff opened up on my on my computer screen here that I'll be clicking through. Um, but one of the things that I, I I would like to do and and maybe bring us back to ground us in a little bit is uh, the scripture, and I'm sure we'll be using a little bit of of the scriptures as we go through our our talk today. Um, but one of one of the things that I I just I want to go back to is. The Garden of Eden, because we see the the idea of of uh, this complementary um, design that God makes for men and women started in Scripture, right? It, in in the in the very book of Genesis, where where uh, He creates man um, on the sixth day, and He says it's not good for men to be alone, <clears throat> and and then how beautiful He He takes. Um, all the animals, and he see God knows it's not good for man to be alone. He takes all the animals, he he, he brings them in front of Adam, and Adam names them. Um, you know, and he he runs out of the easy names like dog and cat and rat, and then he he gets to those you know weird names like possum, and you know, um, then he looks at the platypus and and he laughs and chuckles and says how funny, um, and all these wonderful things. But eventually he comes to the notice, right? I'm 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 just curious which translation of Genesis. Is well. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm adding to to the a little bit taking <laughs> liberty. I'm giving you some color. Um, you know. Uh, anyway, you know the unicorns were there until Noah forgot them on the ark. <laughs> um, anyway, as we the unicorns were on the ark, they're just a little bit chubbier nowadays than they were back then. <laughs> <laughs> and gray, <laughs> gray. <laughs> <laughs> We're referring to a rhino, in case anybody's wondering. Um, but no, we have so we have this we have this beautiful thing, and then all of a sudden he realizes because men are kind of slow um, that hey, there's no one like me. And God says, "Ha ha! It took you long enough. We went through all the animals, and you finally figured it out." Well, yeah, we get that for, uh, exactly when Adam, when God brings Eve to Adam, then Adam makes this beautiful song that he says where he, it. it we, we don't necessarily know from Genesis that Adam didn't, uh, it was slow to understand what what God was doing when bringing all the animals, but we do see it from uh, Adam's song that he sings, that he looks at this person that God has brought to him and says, this person compliments me. Uh, he said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. So you have the principle of, She's different than me. She compliments me. Um, she's she's not any. She's not inferior to me. She compliments me, and also we're dependent on each other. This idea of a man and a woman becoming a unit that we're interdependent uh, to each other. That we make something that uh, uh, a unit together where we are needing each other to make this unit well, work. Well, and 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 I'm just going to steal from uh Pastor Fisk, uh Jonathan Fisk in his book Echo where he says xx plus xy equals other. Um you know that's God's design, right? Um you know that was made to work that way in in a beautiful way that they are dependent upon each other for not only the survival of people, but dependent on each other also for companionship and for um, um, this wonderful gift that God gives of, of sexuality um, and children. So we have all of those things that are being there. But, but okay, so we get this wonderful gift. And then the world that is good, as God has pronounced it to be good, gets flipped onto its ear um, by disobedience um, and and this entrance of sin because of the disobedience of one man, as Romans so beautifully says it. Um, and so we have the deception of of woman by the serpent, and we have her husband who stands by and does nothing. And this upturns this turnip cart um, um, that was so beautiful and so great. Now that doesn't mean that good things still don't exist. It's just that all good things are now tainted. And all good things are now reflected on as bad things, and and the body, the human mind, is now inverted and twisted upon itself, right? And one of the consequences of this, um, because of 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 the fall, um, God he goes through and and he he is he's detailing the consequence of sin, and and of course the consequence, ultimate consequence, is death, right? Um, a separation. Uh, spiritually between us and our Heavenly Father, because we once were perfect, now no longer are. Uh, once we're holy, now no longer are. 
but there's also this this consequence of the relationship between men and and women and it and it really is found in in Genesis chapter 3 and it's in the second half of verse 16 um, the first half of verse 16 details pain and childbearing, this joyful thing about XX and XY coming to create other now is going to be a painful experience instead of a wonderful experience. But the end here, and I think sometimes we gloss over this, but it, it really leads into the conversation that we're having today. Your, and he's, this is God speaking to the woman, your desire will be for your husband, but that's the EHV, some of the translations say and, he will rule over you with this idea that that we have now had two things put up against each other because of the consequence of sin and the first thing that comes up that's that's against each other is the idea that her desire so her longing is going to be for her husband to 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 share with her to have this companionship with her this this uh what was in the garden before the fall and instead, what she's going to receive is a dictator, um, uh, somebody who, who wants to exert himself uh, over her, whether he should or not. Um, and it's going to, it's, it, 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 it's just a, a twisting of what this perfect and beautiful gift was. Do I, I want to open up a can of worms for your desire will be for your husband? Can you look at that in terms of your, your desire will be for your husband's position where you will not respect uh, the headship that God has put in, that you want that position of headship. And then, like you say, uh, he's not going to be the head that you're really longing for. He's going to be someone who's going to be a dictator. Well, and, and you know, I, I've i heard, and, 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 and to be honest with you, and, and there's many commentators that, that speak out of both sides of the mouth on this, some of them have, have looked at it and said that the curse, that the curse is... Um, Dear woman, you will now desire to have your husband's position because you have usurped that position already by taking the lead in this and not not referring to your husband. And then he will desire to reassert his control over you, and this is going to to do the you end in the same place. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, now, <laughs> not good. Right, you end in the same place. Not good. Now, the reason I shy away from that though is really twofold and one is my own personal bias um and the other one i think is textual um my own first my own personal bias is i put a lot of weight on the husband and and i think the lord puts a lot of weight on husbands um and one of the things that husbands are charged with is to to be loving leaders um and 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 to be self-sacrificing we have that in ephesians chapter 5 and the desire is for our women to do this. And I've always, whenever I have uh, um, um, premarital or, or I do any type of marriage counseling, I always, I always bring up the fact that, that if you notice in a marriage, God is very, very short and concise when it comes to women, here is your, here is your privilege in marriage. Respect and obey your husband as, as, as the church obeys Christ, who is its head. And then it goes through this huge long list of what's going on for men. Men, love your wives as Christ loved the church, right? Uh, giving himself up for her, uh, washing her and presenting her holy and blameless before. The, and I look at that whole entire list and I say to myself, okay, if we are doing to the best of our ability in a sinful world what God is asking us to do, there's no reason any woman would look at that and say, nope, don't want to do that. Don't want to follow him. And so I look at this in Genesis and I say, no, her desire is her desire is for that. And it's sort of taking it on a good twist. Her desire is for for that relationship to be the wholesome and good thing. Um, because what is the church in Christ? The church in Christ is free. We are free to live and we're free to engage and we're free to do these things because Christ has 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 lived for us, died for us, rose again for us. And so just as the church is free to live in Christ, the wife wants to be free to live within the relationship with her husband. That's the desire that that this this complementary relationship, which we're going to get into, is going to be a scene in this relationship. But it's not, and 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 men are going to continue to desire to rule over um, and and not be complementary and 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 skirt our own callings. That's my own, so, so personal, 
my personal bias against that. Um, but I, I, I do think that there is some textual proof of that in the sense that Romans especially blames Adam, not woman. Oh, I see what you're saying. So if you're, if I were to respond back in verse 16, if you were to say that would, if that trans, that can only be understood to be your husband's position, it would, it would put all of the uh, weight and guilt on the woman rather than on Adam. And here, if you, if you just keep it in terms of the uh, wanting, wanting this relationship that was there before the fall, and he doesn't do it. Uh, would also then keep the focus on himself. The, this all starts with the guy being uh, a, a loving servant leader for his wife. Exactly. So, so yes, I have. I, I will say I have internal bias <laughs> um, because I think there's a high calling that men have have failed to fulfill. But I, but I also think there's some textual backing that says you know God blames man. He 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 blames the man, not not the woman. Um, so, so anyway, so here's where the problem starts. So, so the problem starts now in, and God created the principle of, of, uh, headship and, uh, helper and, uh, this complementary relationship, um, servant headship, right. And, and a servant helper, um, as we serve each other. And it's all, all messed up. It's twisted. Uh, what God has has said is good, and still says is good. By the way, so dear listener, we're not <laughs> we are not saying let's throw out the roles of men and women, and let's say none of us are men and none of us are women, like our society is trying to do, and say that that our sexuality is fluid. That's a whole other conversation that we're not getting into, and we're not saying do this. What we're saying is no. God created men. God created women, and it's good. And then He created marriage, which is good. I like marriage. Marriage is good. Um, but it's twisted. And and marriage bleeds into the rest of the institutions, right? That, 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 that God established through marriage. So church, the idea of family, right? How many times does God, uh, God equate the church to a marriage, right? We are married to our Lord, Jesus, who, by the way, is the perfect husband, he, he is the perfect, everything your husband should be is Christ. <laughs> um, and, and, and Just because I don't say anything, I'm very excited when Will talks about Jesus being the head or when he's talking about Jesus in general. So just, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, it's fine. But, but, but oh, so, so you have, so this is good. This is good. Marriage is good. Church is good. Um, but from marriage, from the church, flows our interaction in society, right? It, they, 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 they compound and build. Um, the Lord said, where two or three are gathered, there I am with them. That's family. And that's the beginning of church. Um, and then what we get in family, what we get in church, bleed into society. And I think that's where the focus of our conversation is going to go probably for the rest of the day today is, is how does this, what we have in family and what we have in in um church bleed into society. Not that the church is holding sway over society and saying, okay, we're doing the social issue, or that the family is is saying, well, we're now having to control what society is doing. But but there there has to be if if you believe one thing in family and you and you practice one thing in 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 church, um lex credande, lex orande, you know, what it, what I confess is what I what I practice, it's going to bleed into in how you deal with society. I would absolutely agree with that statement because we can't compartmentalize. And I think that's uh, it's always a danger for us as Christians. It's always to compartmentalize our faith and say, well, it only applies to us on Sunday mornings or it only applies to us when we're in uh, four particular walls in a, in a specific location. Then I act this way, but then when I'm in another way, uh, another place, I act differently. We compartmentalize all the time. We go to our work selves are not our home selves. Our... Uh, social media selves are not our real selves, and and we're we we have this all over in our in our day to day life. But this is one of those. And but being a Christian should not be compartmentalized, where we say I'm going to act this way on Sunday, act this way among around these people, but then when I go to work or when I go out with my friends, I'm going to act a different way. Who we are as a Christian uh, permeates everything that we do and everywhere we go as a Christian. And and so. Hundred percent, awesome. So here's the issue, um, and, and and it depends on your church body as to to where you're going to fall in this issue. So, 
So we live in a society where where we have, um, and I guess we'll start at society and we'll work our way backwards. We live in a society where where we have the um, we're dealing with the after effects of women's suffrage. We're dealing with um, the idea of of uh, intersexuality, where where sexuality is is the, the lines of sexuality are are being removed. Um, in multiple different ways, and we're living in a society where where there's this there's this pushback between men who have, and right and there's a good cl- case to be said about this. Men have um, wrongly used their callings to assert authority, just like the curse said they would, um, and and um, our ladies have bristled under that treatment, and there's the pushback. And so we live in a society where where God's good plan is really messed up, uh, severely messed up, and and now you you bleed it back into the church, and you have two responses, um, and then a third one that I think is better, and and the third one that okay, another one of my biases, the the Wells is the third one, the the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Church, the way that we've approached it or attempting to approach it, I think is the better idea. But we have we have let's we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna say there's there's two main approaches and then there's there's this third one that the wells are hanging on to, and and the first approach is is what you see in a lot of um, main church bodies, which is they throw out the idea of of men and women uh, and the roles of men and women. They just throw it away and they say it doesn't apply. That was something for an age old time. It's old. It's past. It's gone. And they say. Um, men and women are are equal in all things, not just equal before God's eyes and, and equal in their sin and equal in their salvation in Christ, but they're equal in everything that they want to do and there's no barriers and they can each do whatever they want to do and that's fine. Um, that's wrong. And, and, and that's, a, that's a gross overstatement and, and leading back to society and saying this is the way society wants to go as they are living in the sin that is now affecting them. And the church is saying, um, for the churches that follow us, which is a lot of mainstream churches, um, we're going to condone that because we don't want to to ruffle any feathers. Correct, yeah. And they would look at First Timothy 2 and they would just say, well, Paul says, I, and he doesn't say the Lord. And we talked about that in our podcast where uh, he already establishes the fact that he's an apostle sent from God. So everything he says isn't Paul's own take, but himself uh, he's he's an apostle he's been called to do this so now he is called to make this proclamation about uh roles of men and women in the church and in the home right and so they would look at and they would look at any of those instances in scripture where it talks about men and women and say those are that was only for the time so first corinthians what is it uh, 11. 11 uh where where women in head coverings okay that was for a time that doesn't apply well wait a second and we're going to talk about that verse more later um there are certain things in scripture where you say, okay, that was what, what happened culturally at the time, but that, that doesn't discredit the principle in the background. Right. Um, so then the second, the second approach, um, and, and this one is taken by uh, the Missouri Synod, um, um, who are more, I would say very Orthodox Lutherans, very Orthodox Christian, um, in many ways, they take it as, okay, there are roles of men and women, there, there are roles that that callings will call them uh, of how this is supposed to work, but it 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 only is given to the family and to the church. So so it it doesn't. It's not a societal thing. It's just a family and church thing. Um. So when you're when you're at home in a good Christian Lutheran home, this is how you would act, and when you are at church, this is how it how it'll be. Um, and so I, I think those are the two main, main sides of it, right? Um, where, where the, 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 you know, Orthodox Lutheran Missouri Synod says only in the home, only in the church is there this callings of men and women, but not in society. Then you have the main, the mainline denominations, um, a lot of them outside of Lutheranism and unless you consider Elka to be Lutheran, which I don't, um, a side comment, uh, and, and. You have that whole idea of well, there are no roles of men and women at all. There are no callings of men and women, and then you get to this third one. And would you like to maybe expound upon the third one that that's really not widely accepted? 
uh, the not widely accepted would be ours, which would say that it would uh, the principles of roles of men and women do apply to society. So we're not just talking about the home and not just talking about the church, but we're talking about society. But having said that, we say it applies to society, but how we apply that is going to have a lot of variance uh, because it is not the only principle in play as a Christian is engaging in society. They have other principles that are loving their neighbor. Because uh, when the Christian, when to, to say, when the Christian is engaged in society, they, they don't have a lot of the protections that the gospel gives. So, for example, if a woman is in society, she doesn't have the advantage of the gospel motivating the men around her to have be servant leaders and to lead her. So she is she she doesn't have that advantage. So she is in a, it's a uh, uh, an area where we have to be very careful as Christians not to judge what another Christian decides to do because they are they have more than one principle in play as they are in society. Well, and and I'm I'm so happy that you brought that up actually because because that that brings to just uh, one of the examples in scripture where where it comes to my head um where where you have a you have a, a very biblical principle that needs to be practiced um but in a societal way um one of the church fathers of faith refused to do it Moses um is is what i'm thinking of and and he did not want to circumcise his children and that he he just didn't want to do it he didn't he didn't like that practice he didn't he i mean he was raised in e- egyptian culture that wasn't and his wife said, "No, God said so," and and we're gonna and he and she did it, right? So, would you say that's a usurping of this? This? Well, that would be. We're talking about that's in the home, so we're not even talking about society. So, I'm trying to figure out where, how does that fit? Well, with and what and I so and 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 it fits. And and here's where it fits because because it is society because Moses was a leader. He, he he I would say on a on a on a general thing okay this is how a, a family but no wait a second Moses is is the leader he's being called to be the leader he's being called to a place of 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 example right and and he's failing in that example um as he's living his 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 life in the society um and so you have this this real uh tension of um Moses not doing what needs to be done uh, in these in these cases, um, but but here's and 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 maybe this is maybe this is also something that needs to be said. You can't separate the home and society, and and I, I think that's the point of where the, the 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 Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod stands when we make that comment is you can't separate the two. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to be hugely political here. But it's like the it's like this discrepancy. The I, I was listening, and, and Nancy Pelosi had once said, um, "I have five, well, it's like five children, six children." She says, "I don't believe in in abortion. I wouldn't do it, but I have to support it in a society." Wait a second. If you wouldn't do it, that's not a that. I mean, if if you are looking at that and saying this is wrong personally in my family. It's it, it's then wrong bleeding into society, right? Um, you can't say it's a truth for me, but it's not a truth for everybody else. If if it's truth, it's truth. That that's the kind of point I think I'm trying to make. In in the idea that if we're saying that there are vocational calls that God calls men to do certain things and to be in this complementary relationship, and He calls women to do certain things in this complementary relationship, it doesn't matter if it's in the home or in the church. Because it's truth, and those will bleed into society because society is built off the home and church. There is no application crystal ball. That's the that's the frustrating thing is we would like to be able to say this is how you apply it, dear Christian, and that's why it, it is something where it it can be a little bit aggravating because the 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 dear listener who is listening or the person in the pew or even the pastor would say, well, what what is it? Should we vote for a women president or shouldn't we? Just just give me a ruling. Uh, uh, President Schrader, just tell me, and I'll do it. And that's not—we're uh, not under the law. That would, we are under grace. We are under the gospel that moves us to to uh, love our neighbor and to respect the principle that God has placed in front of us in Scripture about how the roles of men and women are inter- interdependent and complementary, and how this should be carried. This is a, the the principle that should be applied 
in the situation, but there is no in society, in the home, in church. But well, we don't have an application crystal ball that says this is exactly how it should be applied. And and isn't that um, okay? So I'm gonna. I, this is gonna sound really weird, but isn't that sort of wonderful? That and and the reason I say that is because if there was. If there was a, um, a, a detailed list of do this, don't do this, do this, don't do that, do that, you know, if we had a detailed list, we one, we would fail at it. Two, it would no longer be gospel freedom. It would be law. And we all know how that works with sinful people. We don't, we can't do the law. God gave us a list of 10 and we fail at that every day. Um, do you think if he added more that that would make this all of a sudden better, right? Um, and, and so beautifully, and, and coming back to the whole idea of Genesis, though, he has given us the desire, right? He has given us the desire for what is good. And, and because we're so twisted, we twist what is good. And, but that doesn't take away that it's still good. I guess I would clarify he hasn't given us the desire to do what is good because we have a sinful nature, but just the idea. He's given us the ideal that we, we, we're trying to strive for, but we, our sinful nature distorts the ideal. Right, the desire for good. That I mean, the, the, fact that there's, the, the fact that we all have a desire for what is good, right? We have a conscience. We don't have a desire for what is good. I would, I, I, philosophically, I, okay, so now we're getting a little philosophical. But philosophically, we all have a desire for what is good. Now I would I would I would stand with you and say what my concept of good is isn't necessarily the best. Okay, so yeah, that, that's where. <laughs> yeah, how we define good is different. So right to say that we have something in, in in us that recognizes what is what God considers as good is would be a falsehood because our right. our, our our consciences will misfire or over over uh, be sensitive or not be sensitive enough. But there is a. a uh, in us, a conscience that says there is a there's there's some objective right and wrong, but what is right, what is good, is up right. to up to your sinful nature to distort. And 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 I and that's what I'm saying is because we look at and and see there wouldn't be the problems that we're having if we didn't have a desire for something better than what we have. That's the point. Now, what we desire or think is better is a problem. Because that's ultimately the problem. <laughs> um, so, so men think, well, if we just had our, if they would just know their place. No, that's not the way to go. And if women, are, well, if men would would just let me know, that's not the way to go either. I mean, we've 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 seen the we've seen the gambit go on both sides of of that, and and um, you know, it's the pendulum swinging, right? Either it's too far to the left or too far to the right when you want it to stop right in the middle. And, and, and rest in the middle, but it never will because our sinful natures don't do that. And then to add, uh, to add insult to injury, our sinful nature isn't just a pendulum that goes left or right. It also goes, uh, it goes forward and back and, and, and around in a circle. And you want it to sit right in the center and it's doing everything but that. Um, and, and so here's, so, so here's some of the things that we have to wrestle with. And, and I think this is where, where, where our listener, he, he when he wrote in kind of kind of really was struggling in the idea of so you have women who become leaders in society right um so you have women who are our heads um presidents ceos or heads of certain divisions over men who are working under them um and and some people and and, and i think this is a, sin, a, a our own sinful nature who that some kind sometimes distort um, our own view of God's principle of of complementary headship and complementary um, um, companionship, helper. They look at that and they say, well, that's got to be wrong. The scriptures say that that's wrong. I don't know if it necessarily does. Um, that's the wrestle, right? That, that's the wrestle that we have. Okay, so she's in business. She she has people who are working for her. Is she practicing authority over, her, over those people um, in the same way that the authority... Uh, and the way that the scripture paints the practice of authority. That's the wrestle. That, that's the part that we're wrestling with. Right, because there's more than one principle involved. It's not the roles of men and women. It's not in isolation. Uh, she's also in a, in a scenario where 
the men around her aren't necessarily practicing the loving headship uh, that God has put in, nor are they motivated to do so because they don't have the gospel. Um, and the fact that I, I guess we don't want to overstate things either and say that every woman is under every man that she encounters, that the, every man is now the head over every woman that, that he encounters, that would be overstating the application because I don't, when we're together, when our wives are together, I'm not the head over your wife and you are not the head over my wife. Uh, there's the family unit is all part of this uh, conversation of being active in society. So it, as she engages in society, and I think you want to talk about the Psalm 30, uh, Proverbs 31, where you talk about the Proverbs 31 woman, you say, well, you could probably make the case looking at Proverbs, say, I think she's exerting some sort of uh you know authority over here because she's doing this business or that that business practice and that's where the where it gets frustrating because there is more than one application uh, involved and we don't want to overstate the case well and and you know go go to proverbs 31 right proverbs 31 you have the woman of noble character that's that what we give it um but god praises her for for her her um, desire to do what is best for her family, to lift up her husband so that when he is sitting and doing his job, people are like, your wife is awesome. You know, look at, you don't have anything to worry about because she is managing, she's managing herself and managing her business. Um, and that's amazing because we, we notice there in Proverbs 31, and I always, and, and, and I always do this, and so you can quote me on it, Whenever I talk about roles and, and this this working of and the callings of men and women, I refer to Ephesians five for men, and I refer to Proverbs thirty one for for ladies. There's a the two like go to verses uh, or sections of scripture where you can say, okay, very very clear. God says, men be this. Okay, very very clear. Women, here's what you can do, but look at what you're doing. You're doing it all to build the family. You're doing it all to 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 work with your husband um, as his as a companion for him in in these areas, so that he is free to be the husband he's supposed to be for you, right? Um, that's the purpose. So, in if you're going to expand that out into the workforce, hey, dear dear wonderful woman, um, you have been given many many gifts to to do many many wonderful things. And you're given an opportunity by the Lord to be a leader in some societal place. Awesome. Does not m remove your call to also be the helper of, of, of your husband, the helpmate within the church, um, and also to say that, that you know, in, in a way, you're encouraging those men under you to be better, right, in the society, um, that, that you are using this opportunity to not put them down and to say, okay, I'm exerting my authority over you and I'm going to put you in your place, but also to say part of my, my calling in society is to help make you better too, right, to build you up um, in the way that I am living because I'm going to try to live the best that God has given to me. Yeah, you are bringing up an excellent point that in this whole idea of roles of men and women in society, there is a bearing of a cross of denying what is good and what is good for you for the betterment of someone else or for for following the cost of following Christ means giving up something that you you want for those in our in the workplace and in society are looking at uh, situations where. You could act selfishly. You could um, demean those around you, and that would help you in society, but it would not be what it would mean to follow Christ. And so it's a, it's a difficult, difficult situation for all of us as we're dealing with uh, roles of men and women in society. And I think we, you had mentioned First uh, Corinthians eleven and before, and I, that. To me, as I was looking over the Bible passages about the connection between uh, the roles of men and women in, in the world, uh, in the church, in at home, and society, the, the person could say, you know, when Paul's talking about this in First Timothy, uh, which is what brought us on this whole conversation, he's only really talking about it in the home and in the church. How can you guys talk about this in terms of 
the roles of men, women, men and women in society. And to that, we would go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where uh, Paul is talking about head coverings. And let me just uh, read it for you. First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at verse 3, where it says, However, I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man, and, and man is woman's head, and God is Christ's head. Every man who prays or prophesies with a covering hanging down from his head dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. But as one and the same thing as being a woman with a shaved head. Indeed, if a woman does not wear a head covering, she should cut her hair off too. Her, cut off her hair too. But it is shameful for a woman to cut off her hair or to shave her head. She would, she should wear a head covering. So the idea, yes, he's talking about praying and whether or not to cover your head or not. But just the whole concept of the society back in the Corinthians day had a uh, role in men and women based on uh, being communicated to society by how they, what they put on their head. And Paul is, is trying to encourage the Corinthians. Uh, society has the, these roles of men and women. Let's try to try to bolster that by following along. Yes, society doesn't have a perfect view of men and women, but they do have. Society does have a view that men should be wearing this and women should be doing this. And let's try to preserve that as we are going out in society, not just as we worship. Well, and, and, and to bring that up, there's the caution too. And I, and I think we should have that caution, which is society, because of its inverted nature upon itself and, and because of sin, which all of us struggle with, <clears throat> isn't always going to be getting it right. And the directions that society go does not necessarily dictate that it flows backwards. And, and I, I, so I always kind of, I, I kind of try to picture it like this. Um, <clears throat> if you know anything about like, sewage plumbing you have a black a backflow valve <laughs> that they they put in there so like when you flush the toilet it goes down into the it, it goes down and then they have a valve in there uh, if depending unless you have gravity that holds it down they have a valve in there so what you flush down doesn't come back up <laughs> and 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 i kind of think about you know between the church and the home they all of a sudden put like a um uh, they they put one of those those valves in there and and things can go from the home and from the church into society but we don't necessarily want what's bleeding from the society to come back into the church and into the home and i think that's where where we have to be very very careful god god creates home and he connects home with church and society is an extension from them, not society, then church bleeding into home. And, and I think we've, we've messed it up because what we've done is we've said, okay, society who has no grace, no gospel, only law, has completely messed up the law and has now rebelled again. I mean, society is the, the is the atypical example of what happens when when the law is is encountered. One, complete rejection, or two, uh, complete complete idiocy, thinking I can do this. And so, the, so the society is going to be one or the other: either complete anarchy and do whatever you want, uh, time of the judges, <laughs> right? Or, or it's going to be. Um, here's a list and I'm going to add more lists to change your behavior until finally you get to a change of behavior that I like, but you still haven't changed your heart, but I don't care. And, and that's not how the church works and that's not how the family works. The family doesn't work by law. The family works by grace. The, fa- the, the, the family works because uh, mother and father forgive children and each other and, and, and live to be better and to live to the calling that has been given to them. The, the, the church works because there's forgiveness that is, is given from the altar and bleeds into the family unit and, and is shared amongst the family and then goes on to society, that, that we get God's gifts that are shared to us, given to us. That's the church. And without the gospel where, where we have the law is done in Christ and now you're free to live and engage and, yes, sometimes fail and then be forgiven and set back on that course, it's not going to work. And so it has to bleed from family into church, into home, right? And the church will bleed into family. 
I'm, I'm okay with that, the give and take between the church and the family. But one of the things we see in, in society, and you, 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 you did it well, um, is, is saying that, that there's this, this discrepancy. How do we do this better? And, and, our, and, and coming back down to our desire. And, and I want to, um, dealing with that, I, I, would, I would go back to Judges uh, chapter 4 with uh, Deborah, right, the prophetess. And, and, and sometimes we're saying uh, people have used that to falsely say, well, women can be pastors. That's not what this is about. Um, this is about uh, a woman who God had given a very good spiritual gift. She understood, right, um, God's desire. Um, and we have ladies in the congregation, by the, by the way, who are very mature ladies, and they have very good advice. Um, and notice people gathered around her. They sought her out because there were no other God-fearing leaders in the society at the time, the, 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 especially the men. They, they just weren't there. But she was there, and she didn't go and and do. She didn't go and exert herself and say, "You must listen to me." She presented herself uh, as 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 one who had this knowledge, and people sought her out. But then, what does she do? And and here's where we have this this link in, in chapter four, and I want to read just a little bit about it because because I think it's important. So, verse six, chapter four, it says, "She that's Deborah sent for Barak, son of Abinam, uh, from Kedesh." And Naphtali, and she said to him, "The Lord, the God of Israel, has commanded: Go and march to Mount uh, Tabor, and take with you ten thousand men from Naphtali and Zebulun. I will lure Sisera, the commander of the army of Jabin, to you at the stream of Kishon, along with his chariots and his horde, and I will give him." To your hand. Okay, that's the command of the Lord. You have this wonderful woman uh, who God has given a gift, and she is now encouraging, right, the yep. the leader, the men, to, to do what God has asked of you, which is this is this is her calling to be the encourager. Let's let's do this. Notice the response. But Barak and I and and we would say this is a big but, you know. Something's happening that 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 is going to be a, a very telling part of the story. Uh, but Barak said to her, if you go with me, I will go. But if you do not go with me, I will not go. So, so you have this, you have this, 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 the problem that we're dealing and this is a societal problem. The societal problem is men are not doing what God has given them the gift to do. And, and they're not treating things in the way that God has, has given to them to, to treat them. And so the women have to. And, and so sometimes we do a disservice, I think, societally and in a church too. But, but since we're talking about society, we do a disservice because we as men are letting our own sinful natures get the better of us and we fail to be what we should be. Yeah, I was as you were talking about this, I was reading over Deborah's song and I didn't, I didn't catch it before. But if you read over the song very carefully, you see how Deborah who's singing this is actually expounding on the roles of men and women. Like this is a, this is a good thing. Like even the very first verse is when leaders take the lead in Israel, when the people freely offer themselves, bless the Lord. And then uh, later on uh, when it says verse 12, it says, wake awake, Deborah, wake up the multitudes of the people, wake awake, sing a song, rise up Barak, Deborah, strengthen Barak. Right, and then as he's speaking to Barak, lead away your captives, son of Abinadab. So just this idea of uh, she, this wasn't God's design that she would be a judge, but she's a judge because of the times, uh, because the God's the men in in those days were not uh, being the leaders that God had. God could have equipped them to be. Their sinful nature got the better of them. Absolutely, and I, and I think this is where this is where and, and you have, you've been saying it over and over and over again, and 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 it's good to be said. In society, we are dealing with predominantly sin. Well, not predominantly, all of them are sinners. We we are dealing we are dealing when we deal with society, we are dealing with a graceless, gospelless entity. Because that's what society is. In fact, that's what government is. I, I, I'm I'm sorry. It, it, it government is good. Government is a is a is a gift from God. I I Romans uh, thirteen, 13 yeah. is is beautiful in in, in citing that. Um, you know, and and fourth commandment, right? Family, church, government. Those are the institutions that God has placed that we should we should obey and that we should honor. 
That being said, the government's job is to carry the sword. That's law. That, that's, that's all law. And sometimes they make bad choices because they allow their sinful nature to get the better. Read the Psalms, right? Uh, the psalmist crying out for justice. Read the read Proverbs um, where justice is, is, is gone uh, from the courts. Read any of the, the prophets where, where God's biggest indictment against their people, two biggest indictments against the people. You've lost your faith and, and your worship of the true God and the receiving of his gifts, and you have perverted society because it flows from the church into society. And, and, and so what happened was society, well, look, read Jeremiah. What was happening in society flowed back into the church and corrupted that. So we see that that, that backflow wasn't working <laughs> on that valve. But, but you have this thing where we struggle in, in society and we say, okay, dear, dear women, dear ladies, and, and I, I'm going to say it right now and you can quote me on it and you can bring it in front of me anytime you want. You are gifted so wonderfully by the Lord and you have so many gifts um, and you can do so many rich and wonderful things. And good Christian women use them to bring honor and glory to their Lord first and foremost, to bring honor and glory to their husbands whom they love and they support, and to bring honor and glory to the family in which they they are a, such an integral part. And how do you do that in society? I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, and that's why it's so important not to judge how other people handle it or how other families handle it, because it would, it would be a temptation. I think we talked about this at the beginning of the program. The temptation would be to say, let's make some laws, let's make some rules. No women presidents, no women serving in government, no women uh, CEOs, and no women this. And, and that would be such an easy thing to do, but we are not under the law, we are under grace, which, as you uh, wonderfully said, that empowers us rather than paralyzes us so we won't sit there in fear going am i going to do the right thing am i it just is this right for me as a as a woman to be in charge of this uh corporation that has been in my family and and all those things and uh can i uh honor the position the roles that god has placed that can i honor the interdependence and complementary nature of a husband and wife and of man and woman in society and in the world and in the home and in the church how do i how do i handle that uh it's God has given us grace to do that. We're operating under God's grace, not on operating under the fear of of the law or fear of uh, of uh, reprisal from God. So, so just to give some guidance, because I can know I know the question is going to be, uh, but you haven't told us anything on how to do this. So, here's I my. I think we, we've given quite a quite a bit of guidance. Well, today. but they would say, but I didn't get my answer. <laughs> so here's here's I'm going to try to boil down what we've been trying to say, and and Dave, correct me if you don't like what I'm saying, but but here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say twofold things. All right. So so we have I'm going to say we have three principles that are at work here. In 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 it, it, other principles too, but three main principles. One is the 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 headship and helper principle, right? Complementary headship, complementary helper principle. Uh, that is in the order of creation. The second one is the, and I would call this a principle. If you are in a woman in society and you are engaging to become the head of a department, or you desire to be the head of the department because ha ha ha, I now have power and I can rule power, and and this is my position and I deserve it. I would start maybe thinking there's problems because now that's a pride issue and this is a this is a this is a sinful attitude if you are in those positions because you're like i am very well equipped to do this and in this position i can be uh, um, god's representative to these people and help share christ and say we can do this better and then go home and and notice that I interact with my husband and my family not as a dictator or not as a CEO or saying, I have this position at work. I know better than you. But but place yourself um, in, in such a wonderful and respectful way in the order in which God has given to you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Continue doing what you're doing. So those, are, I think, are the three main things that, that we want to watch. I only for. got two out of that. Well, the first one is the is the the role of men and women. The second one is is if you are if you are... If you are approaching it in pride, you you have something that you need to really be oh, watching. Okay. And then the third one is if you're doing this in in humility, that you are you are living God's gifts, but you're living it as to to share Christ, um, in the world in the way that God has provided. And and then you you bring yourself back under 
right? And and I think I think that's a Proverbs thirty one woman um, who who is living God's gifts and the freedom that God has given, but is doing it for the sole purpose of of family and husband and and I get to engage in this to build this up. And I think your uh, the roles of men and women would then therefore not be compartmentalized, where you would say, well, in the church I, I act this way, and at home I act that way. It's I in these different areas there the uh, the principles of role men and women have uh, guided me in these decisions. I may not uh, always apply them the same way, but they are still guiding me in all three of those positions. And it is really really tough when we say woman when you are our dear lady uh, when you're looking at a, a position of a headship in a corporation or in the government. Uh, check yourself on on those kinds of things. We are not in any way judging, saying well all women who have thus who have become a president or become a CEO have not checked themselves under this because that would be judging uh, them in their um, application of God's principles. Yeah. And, and I, I think you're right. We're not trying to, we're not trying to say, I know your heart and, and I'm condemning you. Um, I, and, and I don't, I, I don't think that's the intent. I mean, you go to um, you not to enter into any other different conversation or to detract from it, but I mean, Jesus' entire ministry was supported by women. I mean, a, a lot of a lot of the finances and things that were brought in were were brought in by the by the by the women. Um, so to say that there is no basis for for saying that there's major support there and, and that this was working, but then again, these 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 women did not. I don't I don't have any clear I don't have anything in scripture I can point to and say okay hard and fast but it seems to be that the women did not exert their control and say I'm going to use this to exert my my control over what is going around in the society uh, uh and and what was going around at the time um they used it as a complementary aspect to say I, I'm an example right for godly living um it's the same thing as Paul will remind a a, a Christian woman who's married to a to an unbeliever, the way you live your life is the example that 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 shows Jesus. I would say that applies to this to the the secular society as well. The way that you live your life and how you how you approach the positions that have been offered to you in society are going to dictate and show other people what it is that is your focus, right? If you as a as a dear dear woman as a as a CEO or as a, a head of a company or as a head of a group of people. Within a company, right? You might have five other people under you and you're head of a division. The way you treat those people and, and the value that you put on, on their lives um, shows who you are as a Christian and what it is that you are attempting to do over and above the power trip that so easily can, can lead us from that. And so, well said. Yeah. yeah, I I I don't know how much more we want to get into it, but... But I think that without overstating and getting ourselves in trouble, I think that's where we are on on how this bleeds into society. Yeah, the I we would say that uh, I would join in. You had your three points. I would just join in and say just to recap all of the things that we said today is that there really is no app, uh, application crystal ball. We would like to have a bunch of laws, but there is no application crystal ball. We don't want to overstate what we believe in. Uh, we don't want to judge those who have uh, handled it differently because it, it is a, an application of the principle and not um, a principle themse- itself. And knowing that as you are engaging in society, you're not in a, a isolation. That's not the only principle that g- governs you. Uh, your love for your neighbor, uh, your love for your Lord, uh, those are all other principles. And you're engaging in a society that doesn't have the, the same gospel motivation that you will have in your home or in your church. And you're going to bear a cross uh, as well. This is going to be a tough thing. And I, and you said it so well, just uh, the idea of, of uh, this is not going to be an easy thing for you to, for any of us uh, to put into practice. And there will be times when we have to put aside what is what we want in in order to follow our Lord. And finally, that we act under grace and not under fear that uh, we are not, we are saved through Jesus Christ and what he has done. And uh, that gives us our identity and also gives us the motivation as we live in this world, as we uh, um, talk, as we have our real life and we're living our faith in Jesus Christ uh, this is he is our motivation he is the reason why we do the things that we do 
and he is the our and at the end of the day he is our confidence when we have uh, have to make a decision, have to make a call on how we conduct ourselves in this world.